0: Secret Friends Unite Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite Podcast, episode 452. This is your guide to the Geek Side, and I am your only host for this episode, Todd Oxtra. I am dwelling in the beautiful city of Savage, Minnesota getting ready to go and enjoy a Thanksgiving break with my family. Um, with that though, uh, I want to send a, uh, message of warming embrace and healing to Charlie who unfortunately just got the COVID for the first time so uh, three year streak is ended and Charlie is recovering so this is going to be a little bit different of an episode so it'll just be me solo riffing on the news and then giving a little bit about what I'm interested in the geek easy and that's going to be it for this episode so hopefully you enjoy it and uh, it's a little bit different I've only done this once before but we'll see how this goes if you want more of these one offs we'll see if this happens But then, uh, at this point, I think it's on with the show. So, Charlie, get better. And now it's time for us to thank our Patreons, our Secret Friends squad. Um, Just as a note, folks, uh, with Patreon, uh, you got a lot of great benefits. Um, Not only do you get uh, exclusive Patreon content, first, you also get all of our episodes without Ads. So join our Patreon, just like our awesome friends with benefits, Corey and HD, Johns Dorf, Phoenix Sisters Cosplay, and Brendan Myers. Also, our BFFs. Sean, Stella, and Henry Nias, Missy Merchant, and Andy Milliken. Thank you so much. And uh, we just released, let's see, uh, a more recent episode of the Spinner Rack. Charlie just released an episode of the Facts of Geek Life all about Daria, that 90s animated classic from MTV. So check those out. And also Mark just dropped a great interview with Timothy Zahn on patreon so check that out uh if you're interested you get a one week free trial on patreon and then if you enjoy it stick around we'd love to have you so with that it's got time to get into one of our favorite parts of the uh, show which is we got this covered so we look back at a cover that graces the same episode number as our show. Obviously, most comics don't go up to 452. So we picked number 52. We kind of restarted with numbers. We'll probably do it again when we hit 500, go back to one. So this issue that I wanted to hit on was Transformers. So it's hard to believe that Transformers still had a comic book in 1989. I know I was huge into the series, debuted in 1984. Uh, There was a comic book, there was an animated series, a movie, and the toy line. And uh, I really got out of it uh, toys when probably, you know, I hit junior high. That was probably where I finally said, got to grow up, chase girls, do those type of things. So um, it's really interesting to see where Transformers went because the toy line really dropped off after G1. They did some different things, uh, but it really wasn't successful after that. So we've got this cover uh, for Transformers number 52. Um, It is called Menace of the Mechanibals. And you've got this poor Autobot Decepticon. It doesn't show his symbol on the on the screen. This is from May 1st, 1989. And these basically they're in a web. They look like spiders, the robots, and apparently there are cannibal robots. Didn't know that happened. It's a thing. I don't know if they want their juicy uh metal. I don't know if they like their fluids. I don't even know. Like, do Autobots have like transmission fluid in their veins oil i know they run on uh you know uh, energon so i'm not surely what's that like to drink but maybe that's what the mechanicals uh live off of but man oh man they are horrific and i don't know if they were ever i mean i believe the, the cartoon was already off the air after like three seasons so don't know if they touched on this and i know this comic book went to like you know, issue 80. So almost three more years, um, which at that point, I'm like, I don't even know what they're covering. So I know some people are big fans of the old Transformers comic, but really, I probably dropped the series after like 12 or 13 issues because it just didn't follow either. It didn't follow the show and uh, the toys after that were kind of like, it it Just did not feel like it was hitting me where I lived. So Transformers number 52, this is, once again, another licensed comic that I don't know where this lives. Maybe somebody has reprinted it, but it was under Marvel, and they don't own the Transformers license. Currently, it's at Image, uh, that great new series. Robert Kirkman uh, brought it out with Void Rivals, and they've also got the new G.I. Joe series. So check that out with Skybound. They've got some new good stuff. So if you're interested, see if you can dig one of these up from a dime uh, bin or a nickel bin and check out Transformers 52. Watch out for those mechanicals, though. They're kind of gross. So, with that, it's time for us to move on from our great cover onto our gal pal, our senior news correspondent. So, without further delay, Madam Webb, take it away. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Oh, Madam Webb, I know Thanksgiving is one of your favorite holidays. You break out your pilgrim costume, which is actually what you wore actually at Plymouth Rock because you were there. Um, you tried to uh, trade some of uh, land for poisoned blankets, uh, you were thrown out of the country, and you were essentially persona non grata with the Native Americans today. But you know, Madam Webb, uh, I, I still think there's time to uh, ask for forgiveness and uh, be thankful for where you are today, which is our news correspondent. So thank you, Madam Webb. Have a great Thanksgiving. And myself, I'm going to be hanging out with my family in Michigan. It's going to be a great time, and I uh, can't wait for that great food, the camaraderie, and watch the Lions actually be a good team to share. So with that, we get into the news stories this week. The first one is a trailer we didn't actually cover. It was a few weeks ago, and that is the Ghostbusters has a new film, The Frozen Empire, which quite honestly... I forgot this movie was coming. I don't know if it actually changed its release date, but it's going to be coming out March 29th, 2024. Uh, Essentially, we're picking up where we left off with the cast. Uh, We're going to be involving, once again, classic Ghostbusters. We're going to have, um, uh, you know, Winston Sedmore is going to be in this movie. It's going to be in New York, which is going to be kind of fun going back to New York. Uh, The first two movies were in New York. I believe the... The, the the reboot with the female Ghostbusters was also in New York. So it's getting back to the heart of Ghostbusters, which is New York. They're probably going to be going back to the headquarters. And um, they've added some new actors to this, including the cast from the last film. And that's going to be um, Patton Oswalt and also Camille Don We don't know what role Camille will be doing, but it looks like Patton is going to be uh, kind of a Geek, uh, kind of probably an underling of Dan Akron, his magic shop or the his, his mystical shop that he has in New York. So um, it looks like Bill Murray is still going to be involved, which is surprising because uh, that guy doesn't like to be involved in these type of projects, but he's going to be. So this is going to be, you know, the the three main Ghostbusters are going to be back. But um, once again, it's the heart of this film is now the new family and they are full on Ghostbusters. They're headed uh, back to New York. Not sure what's going to drive them there, but I'm guessing it's going to be the fact that there is now going to be a threat uh, for the Ghostbusters and it involves ice, which is kind of cool. Um, we haven't had that before. And apparently they're saying this new threat Essentially scares you to death. And that is an interesting uh, viewpoint when it comes to spirits. Um, typically, the Ghostbusters have been kind of scary, but also spooky, not always scary. And this one looks like they're going to lean into the more horror, but the frozen elements are kind of cool. Uh, you know, they show spikes of ice coming up from the ground. Uh, they basically uh, show some characters freezing to death. And apparently, this movie is inspired by. The Real Ghostbusters which was a great take on the uh you know animated take uh, in a you know a, an animated series back in the day it was syndicated it was basically picking up after Ghostbusters 1 and continued to tell stories with the characters different voice actors of course but uh every episode was a, a monster of the week a different type of threat which was very cool because there were some really good episodes they the funny part about it was they introduced a character named Sam Hain which They got the name wrong, but it was Samhain. Basically, it's the spirit of Halloween based on a pagan holiday. And they created basically a pumpkin head type villain, which I thought was funny because they called him Samhain. Samhain. They got the pronunciation wrong. But that's kind of cool that they're going to be looking and taking into account other elements of ghostbusters because there's been comics there's been obviously video games things like that so i'm very excited about this uh it's going to you know taking in other elements and it's probably going to have to step out of the the pop culture uh fan service we've had with ghostbusters it needs to do some new things because you can only hit on some of those classic bits so many times it just feels like you're repeating the same story beats them you know the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, you can only hit that so many times. So I'm hoping they're going to hit some new beats. It looks like that's what they're going for. So this should be pretty good. This is March 29th, 2024. So once again, I don't know if this was delayed or if this is the date it was always going to be releasing, but it's great to get some new movies after you know the the strike and everything being delayed. So Ghostbusters, Frozen Empire. I'm looking forward to this. So that is not only our first trailer, we've also got a new trailer for uh, Madam Web, that movie from Sony, and their cinematic picture group of Spider-Man characters that typically don't include (laughs) Spider-Man, which is so weird. We've had Venom, obviously, two movies there, Uh, financially successful not critically so uh also morbius uh less to say about morbius the better but we are getting a new movie uh we obviously have craven coming out too which we saw that trailer we talked about that previously but now we have a madam web trailer you know obviously madam web is our is our news correspondent and, and she's our sweetheart and um but this is a different form of madam web this is like a new take on madam web not an Uh, An elderly woman that uh, is a clairvoyant who just sits in a chair and tells Peter Parker what to do. Essentially, we are getting Cassie Webb, who is our main character of this film, who is clairvoyant and can see uh, something happening before it happens. And essentially, she tries to uh, change things so they don't go the way she sees them. She's a paramedic uh, along with uh, Adam Scott. And um, in this film, we find out that her parents, her mother died specifically in the Amazon investigating spiders. Uh, and um, she finds out about uh, the, the potential killer of her mother as she has basically an introduction to uh, Ezekiel getting gonna get his right uh his name right ezekiel sims who looks like spider-man in this trailer kind of a not a great costume uh, apparently tries to kill her and three other women and the three women are part of the spider-verse essentially we've got uh dakota johnson playing cassie webb so madam webb herself she has uh clairvoyant abilities we got sydney sweeney uh playing julia carpenter uh who has also been spider-woman in 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 the films. She's the one that wears the black and white costume if you're familiar with that uh version of Spider-Woman. Uh we have Celeste Connor, Maddie uh Franklin, Spider Woman, another version of Spider Woman that I'm not familiar with. Charlie would be more helpful with this than I would, but we'll probably get his opinion on this when he turns back. Then we've got Isabel Merced as Anya Corazon, who's basically a Spanish-themed or or, Latina uh, version of Spider uh, Woman. And then we've also got Tahar Rahim playing Ezekiel Sims. And if I remember Ezekiel Sims, he is a character that was part of... um, Uh, Moreland and different spider totems that were taking the life of spiders and sucking them up as part of a kind of a Spider-Verse thing. Don't know as much about this, but we did get this trailer. And this definitely feels like the CW version of the MCU. Um, Doesn't look great. A lot of goofy reactions to this so far, with uh, the the note about her mom dying in Amazon looking for spiders, and uh, I'm not sure where this is going to go. I, I assume it says this, this is going to be a standalone film. Don't know if it will tie into Craven, but I think that's what Sony's building to. They're building to a uh, uh, you know a combined universe of these characters, so they can you know keep this going. So I don't know if this is going to work. Uh, a female helmed spider-man film this will be the first one we're getting uh with with characters but spider-man not being involved it still just feels like a huge miss um i'm not sure we're gonna see uh you know if we're gonna see spider-man ever in these films but it would just make sense but as of right now we don't even know we're getting spider-man back in the mcu so at this point uh we're getting the This film, February 16th, 2024, I will probably see it. I saw Morbius. I saw Venom. I will probably see this, too. It's goofy dumb fun at best, or at worst. And if it's decent, and hopefully it's written well, um, hopefully it will be. But unfortunately, um, Avi Arad uh, is involved in this again. Not great. And we are getting, um, essentially, it's going to be S.J. Clarkson is going to be the director Uh, S.J. Clarkson at this point has uh, directed a lot of television, but no movies. So I don't know. I mean, did episodes of Succession, Collateral, Jessica Jones. So, you know, maybe that's a benefit that she has done some superheroes. But we'll see how this goes. I'm not optimistic, but keeping, you know, the bar low. This always helped me. So we'll see how Madam Web goes. And Madam Web, I guess for our our own correspondence, good, hopefully this movie does well. and She'll get some maybe residuals from it. Or maybe she'll get a um, cameo. That'd be even better. Um, So at that point, we get another trailer. And this is for what if season two this is debuting december 22nd 2023 this is the follow-up to the first season of what if on disney plus um i was a big fan of the first season of what if some episodes were good some more episodes were really good and some episodes were so so but i love the art style i really would love to see marvel do more with this i also love to see star wars maybe dabble with this art style it's really cool It's not photorealistic, but it definitely uh, embraces what the actors look like, but also uh, is very highly stylized. I think it's well animated from an action standpoint. Uh, So we are getting this uh, December 22nd, like I said. And the interesting part is it's nine parts. And um, with nine parts, it's actually dropping an episode every day. This is different than anybody else has ever done. Some people have done, you know, drop, everything drop at once. Every Some people do drop a couple episodes and then do weekly releases. Some do weekly releases. Well, this one is doing daily releases. So I'm assuming these episodes will be like 20 to 30 minutes long, which is perfect. And I think this could be a good way to keep people checking in. And I hope people will Um, the episodes. We we talked about what the episodes would be previously, but I'll just drop them down uh, what they're going to be uh, the name of the episodes. So we've got um, what if Gamora killed Thanos? So once again, dealing into that alternate reality, uh, what would have things have been like if Gamora had killed Thanos? Not sure when she would have killed him, but if it had been that point when she tried to kill him, uh, it right uh, before um, right in infinity war, maybe it would, been a very different experience uh then there's what if captain carter finds hydra stomper which would be interesting to see that and 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 what i found out from the casting not all of the mcu actors are going to be voicing these characters some will some won't captain america will not be voiced by uh, chris evans and that's a continuation from season one is the the Hydra piece. And because Captain Carter was really a standout of this series. Um and then what if the test Rack landed in the Hodnosini confederacy before the colonization of america and this is so basically set in the past and it's with the native american tribe and it's the introduction of the new hero kahori and this is basically dealing with basically what if it landed there and a native american found it so that's kind of cool and because of the time frame you could have threats from different time frames landing on earth so i like the fact that we're getting introduced to a new character which is i think a cool idea with what if we're also getting? What if Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne fought the Red Guardian during 1980s? That's kind of cool. Uh, and you do get um, uh, you do get some voice actors here that um, I, I don't believe uh that we're going to get the same voice actors from those roles in it but it looks kind of cool um so i'm very excited it looks like it looks like michael douglas will be hank him so um uh, this could be a lot of fun having a throwback of a uh, of red guardian in his prime and then what if yandu delivered star lord to ego so this is going to be about basically star lord as a child with powers and being led by ego so that could be interesting as well uh what if happy hogan save christmas uh they showed this it's happy hogan it's got the girl from uh, Thor. I can't remember her name. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a fun, like diehard knockoff, which I think is fun. Then we've got what if Wanda had grown up watching musicals instead of sitcoms? So WandaVision shift. So um, musicals are hit and miss in the genre world. So we'll see if that nails it. But that could be fun. What if Odin and Hela had faced Woo! So kind of a team up between gods that we really haven't seen um, taking on Wu was uh, basically the, the the villain of uh, Shang-Chi. So that could be cool as well. And then what if the Avengers had fought Surtur? So getting more involved with uh, Ragnarok. So I like this. I think we're hitting a lot of cool story beats. Hopefully there'll be some wins out of this. And I hope this isn't the end of What If, but considering where Marvel is consolidation, uh, it might be, but I want more animation from Marvel. So, moving on to non trailer news, and this is a fact of like we're talking about where Marvel is headed. And essentially, we are getting a change in Marvel's directors. So, Destin Daniel Cretton was supposed to direct Avengers Kang Dynasty. He is no longer doing that. He is going to, though, focus on Wonder Man, Shang-Chi 2 and more in the MCU. So one of the big things we've been talking about, um, we've been wondering, is when we'll see Shang-Chi again. We really haven't. And his sequel, I mean, he had, post-Endgame, he's probably the most successful sequel or or movie uh, post-Endgame. And just people want him. People like Simu Liu. And the fact that he's not been around is kind of frustrating. And uh, we don't know when we would see him. But the fact that if, if, if Daniel Cretton is going to be um, involved in that, that would be pretty cool to make sure that movie does happen. Um, but the fact is, the writing is on the wall on Avengers King Dynasty. The fact that they're losing the director, and that movie is supposed to come out May first, 2026. I mean, it's still far away. So we could have a shift, a different director come out, could come on. But I mean, if you read the writing on the wall with um, the currency of the MCU, are people excited about Kang, performance of uh, the Marvels? It sounds like there's going to be a shift. And especially as we're hearing noise about uh, certain castings, about certain things coming up, we could see this Avengers movie change direction. Um, and it wouldn't be the first time we saw Marvel pivot. So if this does happen, um, and we get some of these projects earlier, like you know shang chi 2 which would be great doesn't have a release date and wonder man wonder man is one of charlie's favorite characters from the west coast avengers era um and that was supposed to be part of the um that pivot to marvel to do uh what they're basically calling their their showcase films or their 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 side projects uh, which is under the banner of uh certain things which we have echo being in that that uh, a Mar- marvel showcase so if um we see wonder man being that type of showcase kind of a spin off a one off uh that could be fun as well having those things and maybe if people like wonder man he shows up in something else so we'll see how this goes uh but at this point i i do we hope we see shang chi earlier than rather than later and uh wonder man could be a ton of fun and Quite honestly, I don't think you have to rush the Avengers back. Um, I think we know we're going to get the Young Avengers. And I'm not sure if that's who is going to be the Avengers, in quotes, or if it will be known as Young Avengers. And this Avengers will be like uh, She-Hulk. It'll be Thor. It'll be uh, Ant-Man and characters like that in Shang-Chi. So we'll see. But um, at this point... I I think we're going to see more and more of these type announcements, especially as Disney is is, is now post-strike. They're going to be making some announcements and also pivoting uh, to more profitable and probably less quantity and more quality Marvel releases. And then lastly, we are getting some casting news. Most of these aren't casting news. They're more like uh, things that have leaked that have not been officially confirmed, but uh, we think they are going to happen. And that is, first, Pedro Pascal is now basically rumored to be playing Reed Richards in Fantastic Four. This was not on anybody's radar. Pedro Pascal, while he is tied to so many cool franchises, Game of Thrones, he died quickly there. Uh, We had him in Mando he barely saw his face i think we saw his face once or twice and at that point uh, i don't think we'll ever see his face again because i think he most he will only voice mando not uh portray him in the armor we also have him in the last of us and we also and we know if you're a fan of the last of us you know that certain things happen that he will have some free time later and then um he was also the unbearable weight of massive talent and he was playing a very comedic role he's also been on snl he's been very good in that too um he is 48 years old and in the past reed richards um reed richards was not old when he debuted in the comics but we all look at him now with the grade sides you know he's a dad and he does seem older uh, but uh and he's also a Latino. Uh, we've never had a, a, a non-white version of Reed Richards, even in any of the incarnations of the movies. So um, I love Pedro. I think he's awesome. He's a very uh, he's a very flexible actor. He can do a lot of things. He can do funny. He can do serious. Uh, so I'm I think this would be a good take. I know they were really looking to have Adam Driver be Reed Richards. Um, But who knows? But I I think this would be a great direction to get a good actor first for the role. And I think he could do a great job with it. We don't know any other casting yet for this movie. This is a 2025 release for Fantastic Four. So uh, we're going to start hearing more about this sooner than later. Uh, But we don't know who's writing this film, but we do know uh, that Matt Shackman is going to be directing it. and He is, uh, I think, a good choice for that movie. So along with Peter Pascal we had a leak of a, a, a of our marvel role that i actually didn't know was going to happen and that role is the sentry so the sentry is a unique character in marvel where it was kind of a ploy so they said Marvel was going to reintroduce a forgotten hero that Stanley created many years ago that was never developed. And that was character was named the Century. He was essentially like Marvel's Superman, a blue and yellow costume, super powerful. And he was introduced in a uh, standalone book back in 2000. Um And the funny thing was, that didn't actually happen. It was just a ploy to reintroduce this character out of the blue. Essentially, no one remembered him, and that was one of the ploys. Sentry had a very, he's had a rocky career in comics. Essentially, he is a broken hero. Uh, His powers, he's essentially unlimited power but he has mental health issues driven by this dark force in his brain that he thinks is trying to kill him, whether it is or not. We don't really know, and he's a complex character. And he's been in Marvel multiple times, been brought in kind of as the heavy hitter, but he's very unreliable, and you never know who's going to manipulate him or if he'll be used. So uh, he's an interesting character. And quite honestly, I don't know how he fits in with the MCU, but he could be a deus ex machina, kind of like a a thing to search out for a weapon that's going to be used by a villain. It has to be stopped. So apparently getting back to the the rumor news on the century is the fact that Robert Kirkman doing an interview with an uh, an illustrator. They were just having this interview and he dropped the news because uh, <laughs> that Stephen Young, uh, if you know him, he played Glenn on The Walking Dead. He's also invincible in the animated series. Um they're very close, Robert Kirkman and Stephen Jung. Uh, and he essentially dropped that Stephen Jung is going to be the role of Sentry. And he says, uh, I don't know if I should be saying this. I will, I, I'll probably get in trouble. He goes, Oh, wait, I don't work for Marvel. I can say whatever I want. Very true. Um, but that would be hilarious. And Stephen Young would probably be the one gets in trouble because he told him uh that role. But that would be very interesting. The the thought that he would entry is apparently going to be introduced in Thunderbolts, and that may make sense where that's the mission of the Thunderbolts is to uh, maybe find out that a villain or someone bad, like a resurfaced Hydra whoever the villain is that has unsurfaced or found sentry is going to use them for bad. That could be their mission. Kind of like the suicide squad. Um, you know, we thought that eventually they would have a, a mission to take down a bad guy. This could make sense for the Thunderbolts, a team of pseudo bad guys hunting down a uh, weapon in the, the you know, to do something good, so we'll see if this is where they're gonna go. But I I, I like Stephen Young quite a bit. Um, interesting pick for Sentry though, because Sentry, I don't have anybody in my mind who would be a good Sentry, very unhinged. I mean, the, and, and maybe you could say maybe it's um, uh, a character we've seen before. Uh, you know, I think of like him as like an Omni Man or um, a, a character like that, super powerful, that a little unhinged, but we'll see. So This we'll probably find out, uh, you know, Thunderbolts is coming out, I believe, in 2024, December. So we're going to start hearing more about this movie pretty soon because we're getting into 2024 very soon. So uh, that is it for the news. So hopefully you enjoy that quick spin. Obviously, no one else got their opinion except for me. Uh, And so when Charlie returns, we're probably going to talk a little bit more about some of these stories get his quick takes on some of these and see what he thinks. So uh, that is it for the news. Hey, Secret Friends Unite, let me tell you about Zencaster. We use them for our show, and now they're supporting us. Zencaster is now the all-in-one solution making podcasting easy. It's the ultimate web-based podcasting solution. provides high-quality audio and video podcast production and hosting. With a full suite of professional tools, podcasters can seamlessly record, produce, and publish studio-quality content all from one dashboard. Being a creator has never been easier. And we chose Zencaster because of the ease of use, uh, high quality output, and we it makes it super easy for our guests to come on. Uh, we had multiple solutions we tried before, and Zencaster has just been the best fit for us. Why Zencaster? It's now super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. Log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. Record studio-quality sounds and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. Have you ever worried what you sound like? Zencaster's post-production process makes you sound buttery smooth. It automatically removes those ums and ahs in your recording. It removes those awkward pauses in conversation, too. Set the right podcast loudness and levels while reducing background noise with the click of a button. So if you're interested in making an easy, high-quality podcast just with the click of a browser button, go to Zencaster.com SFU and use our code SFU you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Now back to the show. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the geeky z cover bands playing, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. Well, I am, at least. And this week, uh, I want to talk about something that's very special in my heart that just launched on Netflix, and that's Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. Scott Pilgrim is a very cool experimentation on comic book format. It's really uh, inspired my manga. Uh, if you check it out, um, it's a very simple story about Scott Pilgrim, who's kind of a loser, is in a band, and um, he doesn't have much going for himself. But he ends up dreaming of a girl. He wakes up and he says, "I I I just can't believe I've I've seen the woman of my dreams, and she's really in his dreams." Um, he goes to a party the next day, and he actually sees the woman of his dreams, and that's Ramona. Flowers, and she's beautiful, and he strikes up conversation with her, uh, but Scott doesn't know the fact that uh, forming a relationship with Ramona Flowers will require him to essentially fight off all of her ex-boyfriends, and that's where this series picks up. It gets off the rails. It's combining uh, essentially video games, uh anime fun punk music inspired by video games and um i love it it's it's really great uh so i read the uh essentially they're kind of like manga in a way they're black and white volumes and i believe there's seven of those and that was then adapted into a film by edgar wright which i absolutely loved the casting was amazing and the way they adapted it was awesome uh became kind of a cult film didn't do well at the box office then they created a video game by Ubisoft actually did it. It was a wonderful video game Beat 'em up classic beat em up. Think of like uh, the X-Men game. And uh, that was highly loved. Then you couldn't find it and then they re-released it. So that's out there now. If you want to pick that up, it's really, really well done. Great music. Great beat em up. Really enjoy that. And then we got the news and they, they've also colorized the the, the manga or the, the, the graphic novels. And now that's available in color form, too. And now it's kind of weird. It's kind of gone full circle. It, you know, the cult movie becomes like it gets a following and then it gets a undercurrent of like, hey, we want more of this. And so uh, Netflix has adapted Scott Pilgrim in conjunction with Brian Lee O'Malley, the creator. And they have created it basically an anime of Scott Pilgrim. It's called Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. And it's eight parts. Dropped on Netflix on uh, Friday. i watched two episodes so far. And it's wonderful. Completely honors the, the art style of the graphic novel. It's beautiful animation. And the coolest part is they brought back all the voice actors from the movie. Um, Michael Cera, uh, Chris Evans, um, lots of great voice talent. It's really wonderful. And uh, the first two episodes are great. I just love it. They are all in having a great time. The music rocks. The animation style is wonderful. And I'm just digging it. Uh, So if you're curious about it, Uh, The cool thing about Scott Pilgrim is each version you can appreciate on its own. If you just want to read it, it's great. But if you have read it, I think there's something to take away from uh, all of the different variations in the interpretation. They basically leverage the art form in a very effective way. So I definitely recommend Scott Pilgrim, whatever way you take it. And then if you enjoy the the anime read the books, watch the movie, play the game, vice versa. If you start with the, the anime, or if you start with the movie, read the books. So uh, check out Scott Pilgrim. It's really great, really fun. Um, he's not the hero you want, but he definitely is uh, the lovable loser you root for. So uh, check out Scott Pilgrim. Uh, one more thing I want to hit on uh, today, and because Charlie's not here, I can talk about video games a little bit. Um, just want to uh, know, let everyone know that if you're into video games and you want to hear me talk about them, check out co-op mode. I do that with Mark Caravan. That is over on the Secret Friends Unite network feed, if you want to get it there, or you just get the that individual show as well. And uh, I've just been deep diving into video games lately. It's that time of the year, uh, the time to really uh, lean into all the games before uh, Game of the Year is announced, because we've got the Game Awards coming up, I believe, December 7th. And at this point, there's really only one big game left, and that's the Avatar game. So uh, that's going to be coming out like December 7th as well. So that will miss the Game of the Year Awards cutoff. But at that point, I, I'm really focusing on a couple of games to finish before year-end. Alan Wake 2, which uh, I love. It's basically Stephen King brought to uh, video game form. Uh, you play the author. It's a sequel to the first uh, game. And this one's kind of cool because you play two different characters. You play uh, Saga, who is essentially an FBI agent who's a profiler. She's investigating a murder. And Alan Wake is essentially brought back from where he ended in the last film, which was essentially in the Dark Void, writing, writing novels to uh, save himself and get himself out of the Dark Void. And he's brought back. And essentially, you've got this cult that is essentially basing their lives around Alan Wake's novels. Then you've got a unique thing where they took the actor, Sam Lake, who's also a developer at uh, Remedy, who's also involved playing a character, Alex Casey, who's an investigator, who's also the main character of Alan Wake's books. It's very meta. It's very cool. This game does a lot of cool things with um, using the media of Like film, so there's also little animate, uh, uh, live action elements like in a talk show, and they use the real actors who play them in the game Mm -hmm. with their likenesses, and they look just like them. So it's very cool. So, um, but I love it. It's it's very much scarier than the first film. It's uh more of a survival horror film, uh, limited inventory, and it has jump scares like you wouldn't believe. So I'm excited to uh, finish. Alan Wake and get that done uh, before the end of the year. I also have just I'm getting uh, Super Mario Brothers RPG. Excited about that because I've never played it. It's a classic. Um, I'm also playing Mario Wonder, which is a great 2D uh, Mario platformer. And I did play Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. And it feels like a cash in. Limited uh, amount of time to develop uh, one of the worst single-player campaigns they've ever made. The Zombies it just doesn't feel good. It feels like they're trying to do open-world in like a war zone, and it just feels sparse and doesn't feel satisfying the old way the Zombies did, and I didn't touch the main multiplayer. So that's kind of like my gaming update uh, that I wanted to just touch on um, because I haven't been watching and reading a lot of stuff because I've been playing a lot of games. So I just thought I'd be honest and tell you where I'm spending my time. So hopefully... Uh, that keeps you up to speed. And that's essentially it for our show this week. It's a shorter episode, and uh, we'll be back, though, in a couple weeks after Thanksgiving. Recharge Charlie will be healthier and will be recovered, and we'll talk about all the nerdy stuff that you can look forward to. Uh, so, with that, you can find me uh, at T on Threads and Twitter at Secret Friends Unite. Uh, at- at, uh, on threads and at Secret Friends U on uh, Twitter as well. And then just go to seekfriendsunite.com, check out our Patreon. Uh, thank you so much for checking us out. Check out all the podcasts on Secret Friends Unite. We do some awesome things about Star Trek with Code 47. We do Holocron Chronicles with Star Wars and video games at Co op Mode. So, with that, folks, I'll tell you be the hero, not the villain. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server or follow at SecretFriendsU on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.